Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar football program has had a long tradition of great linebackers. What can we expect from this year's group? Former quarterback Riley Nelson chimes in on the importance of leadership for this year's football team. And what does the professional future hold for Elijah Bryant? He'll join us to discuss. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, live from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. What's good, everybody? BYU Sports Nation is live. It is your day-to-day play-by-play right here in Studio B, presented, as always, by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today is Thursday, July 19th. It's great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who was not invited to last night's ESPY, so he gave himself an award, Brian Logan. Yeah, I gave... I gave. Well, what award did you give yourself? The Brian Logan Award. So what is that... Uh, what is that... For it, what accomplishment is that for? For having too much swag to where you can't you can't you can't be invited to award shows. So is it is it like you like is it a, is it a miniature version of you on like a like a little stand? It's hard to say miniature version because I'm I'm already short, man. So it's like <laughs> I'm like <laughs> thank you, appreciate that. Yeah, I just you could just you know I could just come home and sit on your uh, you know like the elf on the shelf. I got my son that for the first time. Yes, it's, it's like that. It's kind of creepy. I could be I could be an elf on the shelf. You know, like real size. Yes, a a, <laughs> a Brian on the bench. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but but I was a starter though. <laughs> yeah, not, not not the football bench, but I was trying to think of B words. Yeah, yes. yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. do you watch yeah. the SBs? Are you an SB guy? No, no, not really. Man. I, I didn't watch it either. Um, I know Danica Patrick uh, hosted it, and I did watch a pretty funny. Uh, little like skit where they were mocking uh tanya harding and the i tanya movie which i actually thought was pretty funny uh but i, I didn't watch it i know there was a pretty uh, emotional moment with jim kelly uh, uh who's obviously dealt with cancer yeah. for a lot but but other than that I, I i didn't i don't usually watch the SBs. it's it's kind of not my thing but i know uh i know there are a lot of people there that uh um and a lot of people out there that watch it so yeah. there's a, hey there's a reason they put that on the the day where there is no sports. There is on, nothing. On purpose, right? There is yeah. no major sports going on on that day. That's why the ESPYs are put there. Ever since ever since I watched the Y Awards and was part of the Y Awards, the ESPYs, it just doesn't do it for me anymore, man. Like the, the Y Awards, it's the pinnacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually had an opportunity to be a presenter this year. It was quite the uh, – it was an accomplishment. I was, yeah. I was excited to do that. Speaking of excitement, how excited are you for the start of the upcoming football season? Because you know it's in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 44 days. Woo! One clown. 44 days until BYU heads to balmy Tucson to take on the Arizona Wildcats. And 44, there have been a lot of very good players at BYU that wear the number 44. How about the freight train? Rob Morris. Brandon Ogletree. He's crazy. Ed Lamb. How about Mike Tanner? These are all number 44s, and uh, it's quite a group of players who wore the number 44. But, yeah, 44 days until the start of camp. Speaking of start, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, look at the names that we just mentioned who have previously worn the number 44 at BYU. With the exception of Ed Lamb, who played on the defensive line, they all played linebackers. Yeah. The history of the linebacker position at BYU is 
pretty impressive. Guys like, and, and I apologize, I'm going to leave guys off, but Kyle Van Oy, Fred Warner, Brady Papinga, Brian Keel, David Nixon, Kirk Avea, Cameron Jensen, the list goes on and on. But what about this year's group of linebackers? We had Blaine Fowler on the show on Monday, and he talked about the linebacking core. I honestly think that BYU is deeper and better. Even though there's not, you know, you lose a Fred Warner, that's a big deal, right? But I think the linebacker core is going to be better as a group. That is a pretty strong statement and one that I'm not sure I don't uh, agree with 100%. We'll get to that. What are your expectations for the BYU linebacking You know, you know what? Um, I didn't think about this seriously until I started to – well, until today, right, and, and really diving into – the guys and, um, and and everybody at that position, and and I love um, the speed as well as the the power that this core has. I I think it could be the strength of the defense. And when you look at guys blitzing off of the um, or, or blitzing, um, and and Zane Anderson um, being able to have some speed there, uh, and then guys being able to cover as well, right? And um, I think I think you have you have four to five guys that could could potentially play there's a lot of depth that's there uh but the but the thing i like the best is uh, i call it a, a gary patterson type of uh strategy where you take linebacker or, or safeties mm-hmm. and and that are fast they're quick they're mobile and they can hit they're physical but then you move them up uh, a, a position group I, I so to speak right so uh you have your safeties that are now playing linebackers mm-hmm. And the, 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 the hardest thing in football is speed, right? I can't teach speed. I could teach technique, you know, strength, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But now what I've done is I've taken fast mobile guys and I'm building them up to be linebackers, right? And so the hardest thing in football to teach is speed. I checked that off the box. And so when you look at Matt Hadley, who, you know, got another year back, again, he played safety, right? And it wasn't until the beginning of, of last year where he made that, that switch, so he'll be back. He'll have another year. I think Butch will be back uh, uh, healthy. He has to stay healthy, uh, obviously. And then Sione, right? We know what he can do. Yeah. Um, so I think you have, you know, as far as your athletic guys, especially because they're coming from the defense, right? The DBs, right? Yeah. I think this, this, this group can really, really stand out. I expect a lot of production from the linebackers. This is a school. BYU has always been able to sign really good linebackers to this program. Regardless of the scheme, regardless of who's running the defense, they've always been able to get those kind of players. I think Sione Takitaki is a beast and is going to have a monster year. Coaching staff, as you mentioned, very excited about what they see from Zane Anderson. Being able to take over that role we saw last year with Fred, that's kind of that hybrid linebacker safety guy that can drop back, mentioning the speed. But you also brought up a really good point, and that's the health of Butch Powell. Having him healthy this year will be a big asset to the BYU defense. Like I said, I expect a lot of production moving forward from this group. So, so we, we're all excited, and we feel pretty confident in this group, right? Um, but there's some other groups, man, that we just – there's question marks all in the air. We don't know what's going on. Uh, what is the most wide-open position battle do you think uh, is going to, to unfold? In fall camp. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe an easy one to go to would be quarterbacks, but that's uh, I, I kind of put quarterbacks off the table a little bit. Right. I actually decided to go with the running backs. Coming out of spring, the coaches were still non-committal as to who would be the guy 
at running back. I mean, you're looking at guys like like Zach Katoa, Squally Canada, Riley Burt, Kavika Fanua. Hopefully he's healthy. All guys who will be in the mix. The quarterback position gets the most attention mm-hmm. in terms of who the starter will be, but the running back position is just as important. Now, I, And I've said this many, many times. I believe when it's all said and done, Zach Katoa is going to be the guy. He, he was the standout in spring. I believe he will be the standout in the fall and heading into the season. But until that happens, well, however— What about Squally? Look, Squally's a really good player. He's got he's on he's on he's the, on the Doak yeah. Doke Walker Award watch list yesterday. Yeah. I, I my own personal opinion, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be Zach. Until that happens, however, it's definitely one of those position battles to keep an eye on. I like I like Squally, man. I like I, I've I've been saying it. You're a two headed monster with Squally and Zach Katoa. Look, look, what look, about that? Look, look, check this out. When when you can grow up essentially. And learn from one of the best running backs in Jamal Williams, right? And to and to take notes and to get I don't, I don't know maybe trained by him or understand some of the things that that he's done in his career to be successful. I'm telling you, man, you you that's that that does wonders for a kid, right? And I think last year going through some injuries and things like that, I think that's that's to me it's got your mind. Anyway, he speaks from the Bay Area, I, you know. I, I I like Squally a lot. For me, man, it's the corners. You know, a lot of There's the coaching staff and and no, but I'm it's I'm this is serious this time. No, that, I'm being a, I'm being a real analyst right now. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's the corners when you when you talk to the coaching staff, um, it's it's up in the air. It, what's what's really interesting is you know they're even thinking or hoping from uh, new newcomers coming in mm-hmm. freshmen, which is really rare, right? From a, from a cornerback position, I talk to you know friends and former players, and it's it they don't really know either. Um, you know when you have those guys in uh, in in Troy and die on that move from yep. f- from from uh, corners to to safeties, that that opens things up. Um, you know Trevion Green, uh, you know uh, coaches have said good things about him. Uh, obviously, quick uh, Chris Wilcox, I'm really high on him. Uh, he's he's done a good job, I think, with technique and he has all the intangibles. Now he just needs to make a play on the ball, and then I, I can't for you can't forget my mini me man, Michael Shelton. I know the I know the coaches are really really high on guys that are six foot three, six foot two, whatever the case is, but you can't measure heart. That's one thing you can't do is measure heart. And I love Michael Shelton. I love everything about him and his skill set. Th- those would be my two guys uh, as, as far as the starters and who I would look at going into football. Yeah, and the interesting part about the, the corners and that battle is that after last season, you wouldn't have thought it would have been an open battle because right. you had Troy and yeah. you had Dion. And now they're obviously, as you mentioned, they've moved. So it went from a, a position that you thought was solidified right. to now being an open battle because now you've got other guys coming in because of the of the changes. Yep. Dave Rose announced yesterday that former Cougar Nate Austin is now on the coaching staff as a graduate assistant. Nate replaces Lee Kamard, who is now an assistant coach. And it's always fun to see the former players who have coaching aspirations get that chance at BYU. It was funny because... Right before the news broke yesterday, I was actually walking over to the BYU store, which I told you on the show that I was going to do. Uh, <laughs> I was walking over, and I see this cart coming the opposite direction. Uh-huh. As it gets closer, I realize it's Nate Austin driving the cart. You get it right. He's driving Nick Emery across campus. <laughs> and so I'm like waving to him, say hi. Yeah. And then I get back to, my op- back to the office, and... I see the news that Nate Austin, so that must have been one of his first duties right, yeah. as, a, as, a, as a grad assistant. But it got us thinking, which current or, or former athlete would you like to see return to BYU in a coaching position? Max Hall, man. Max Hall, by far. You, when, you, when you want 
um, a, a, a coach to, to really, really, I would say, um, get the attention of kids. It's, it's Max because he got the attention of players. You know what I mean? I, and I say this story all the time during, during uh, summer when the coaches weren't out there and he was kicking guys off of practice, uh, off the practice field. And I'm like, whoa. And there's times where he's running the practice. You know, when, when we, when, us as, as the, the first team defense against the first team offense, when we whoop up on them, he'd be like, no, Broncos, stop this. We're not going to the next period until we score a touchdown. You know, and, and for a player to be like that and bring that fire and that passion – you know, that's somebody that I could rally around on the field. How much more do you think I'm going to be uh, able to do that, you know, as, as a player? You know what I mean? And, 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 that, and the respect. I mean, you talk about the winningest quarterback of all time in BYU history. Max Hall, man, for me. I went with Chad Lewis. I'm a big fan of Chad Lewis. Not only does he have the skill, and he was a self-made athlete. Everything he did, he got because he worked at it. He has the skill to be able to teach it. He's an All-American, we remember. He was an NFL veteran, Pro Bowl tight end. He's also the most positive person on the planet. So positive. And there is no better motivator than Chad Lewis. I'm telling you, I've always, I've always made the joke that, you know, if, like, you're, on the, uh, if you're on the exercise bike, you're doing you know, some sort of cardio, yeah. and you just get to a point where you just, like, I, I just want to get off this stupid thing, I'm done. I always want to pop in like just a speech from Chad Lewis <laughs> and like motivate me to get going. Like he's got the he's got the football knowledge, he's got the experience, and in terms of a positive motivator, it doesn't get any better than Chad Lewis. Definitely, he's my guy. Man. He he he'll motivate you to eat his Starburst or Skittles or whatever, man. <laughs> you take that, you take that, you take that wrapper, ooh, unwrap it, you put it in there. I mean, he he is by far, man, the, one of the best. Anybody to do anything, yeah, de- definitely, man. So check this out. We we talked about. Um, rankings and, and players right as far as you know who's the best player going to be or uh when you look at the, the 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 position groups um trying to analyze them and there's all different types of, of data and stats and numbers out there right and so we're going to use like the mat we're going to use the Madden rankings and we're going to talk about who would you give the highest uh Madden ranking to We've been hitting a lot of uh, video game <laughs> topics lately. I kind of like this though. And I, and I've said I'm, I'm not a, a huge gamer but I'm going with Sione Takitaki. I, I expect big things from Sione this year. I think he leads the team in tackles and sacks this year. He was second in both of those, by the way, last year. Second yeah. behind Corbin and sacks. Second behind tackles from Fred. I think he's the anchor of this defense this year. Having him back from defensive end to linebacker, yep. I think it's going to pay huge dividends, not only for him personally, but also for this team. i got to give it to Matt Bushman, man. Um, when you look at it from an NFL perspective – all they care about is height, weight, speed, right? That's, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, but when you throw in the awards and the accolades that he had last year, the production that he had, um, you know, on an offense that did struggle, uh, combining all of that and understanding he's going to have another year, right, or three more years, um, but that was his first year of doing those, those, all those great things, you've got to give him the highest ranking, man. And, and, again, solely because there's other guys. I would say that Squally has a lot of those intangibles as well. But you look at the production and and you look at the hype, right? There's yep. a lot of hype that goes into these rankings, man. So I would say Matt Bushman. And uh, son-in-law to Chad Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah. So That's there's perfect. that. Talk about yeah. being able to learn and get motivated. How about that? Question of the day. Which current or former athlete would you like to see return to BYU in a coaching position? It's time to hear from you. It's Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. 
One of our favorites, at Twiggy or Stone on Twitter, I would love to see Max Hall. He agrees hey. with you there, Brian. He's been through some tough times and came out better on the other end. He also had that little bit of fire that makes a good player great. Would love to see him pass that on. That is our question of the day. You can join in using the hashtag BYUSN. You can chime in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll read more of your responses coming up a little bit later on in the show. Just a little bit of fire up. Coming up, the latest on Elijah Bryan as he joins the program. What was his summer league experience like? We'll ask. Next, Riley Nelson joins us to talk leadership and what he sees in the BYU football quarterback battle. That's all coming up. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review is back on BYU TV coming up on August 7th. Join Dave, Blaine, David, and most importantly, me. Every Tuesday through the football season, we kick things off on Tuesday, August 7th. Just want to let everybody else know there out there that I did not write that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who else would write that? Come on. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation is simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Thanks for tuning in today. The conversation Always open on social media. You can follow BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN whenever or wherever you want to converse with us. Speaking of conversing, how about we talk with one of the best quarterbacks BYU's had? His name is Riley Nelson. Love having him on the show. Joining us on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Riley, thanks for joining us today. B. Logan, Chef. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. You bet. Nice, Always man. great to talk with you. How, how are things in the uh, the Nelson household? What are you up to these days? Doing great. Just uh, We had our first son back in October, and uh, his little Lewis, has been. he's starting to run around and throw things and squawk a lot. I tell you what, that boy's got a set of vocal cords on him. I don't. It won't matter whatever the crowd noise is, his cadence will be able to <laughs> echo above it. So he's keeping us pretty busy. So is, what is he was, a lefty or a righty? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, undecided yet. He's ambi right now. Okay, perfect. What What's harder to prepare for, being a parent or a game plan for a football game? I, I don't know. I I don't know if all parents feel this way. My, he's been such a good baby and kid, and I get so much more like. It's a win every day, so it's not hard to prepare knowing that every day you're going to end up with a win. Now, keep in mind he's only months old. I know they can hit terrible twos and threes is a different story, but that being the case, definitely harder to prepare for uh, you know certain opponents than it is to be than it is being a dad. So, Riley, we've been talking this week a lot about about leadership and and who do we believe can and will be a leader on this year's football team. How would you define what a leader is? I think a leader would be defined by their characteristics. Um, Top among them, first and foremost, what people have to understand is a leader has to perform on the field. Like, you can't have these off There are guys who have a lot of charisma, and they're good public speakers, and they are hard workers. But if they don't produce between the sidelines on a Saturday – you can't ever be a leader. You could maybe be a leader in like the academic pursuits or the service pursuits, but if you want to be an actual leader on the football team that contributes to to success on the football field, you have to produce between the lines. That's the first thing. The second thing I would say uh, is most important is consistency. The guys that are that are 
that you are trying to get follow you need to know that they can put their trust, that they're going to get the same thing out of you day in, day out in practice. They're going to get the same thing from you uh, on Saturdays. And uh, nobody wants to put their faith in someone who's, who's erratic. They're not sure if he's going to show up on time. They're not sure if he's going to give good effort that day or not. And then the last thing, and, and this is way down the list of importance, uh, maybe that I would mention or that comes to mind, is you do need a certain element of charisma. There needs to be some something inspiring about you. You know, for me, I was... It, it, it was interesting. Everyone was always um, taken aback by how physical I would play the game. Well, I was just brought up. That's how I learned to protect myself. I learned to protect myself by, you know, giving a defender a glancing blow off my shoulder. But everyone else said, oh, you're lowering your head on the boom. I was never trying to lower my head or truck anybody. I was just trying to get my body into a position to protect myself. But that that small little act was something that was inspiring to the players around me. And whatever that form I'm not saying that it has to be that for a quarterback or any other player but you do need something about you that uh, inspires the guys around you to raise their level of play Riley where would good hair and abs fall on the list that are important for leaders Oh man, the the abs not all the hair. I gotta admit, the hair was a little bit. Everyone wants to feel like a rebel, right? And so when I had that hair peeking out the back of the bottom of the helmet, um, guys like associated with that because everyone feels like they're. First of all, nobody is a rebel. The real the real rebels don't last at BYU, but everybody that sticks around thinks they're like B. Log used to do this with his with his jewelry in his ears. Yep. You know, he he'd try and push the envelope, and we all kind of. Have our own little thing so whatever your demonstration of, of being a rebel was that's it did play a little bit into there but the abs i got more that probably hurt my leadership abilities more than anything else <laughs> riley man you you're absolutely right i got my earrings actually i'm looking at them right now i took them off for air um so yeah definitely you that guys definitely try to push it a little bit um but you know something that that stood out to me when you said earlier about a leader just the characteristics um, and, and, and there's guys, you know, that are good. They produce on the field and us as, as players or even coaches, we want them to, to be more vocal, right? We want them to, to speak up and, uh, and, and, and say certain things in certain moments. Um, do you, do you believe that being a leader is something that you're just born with or can a coach, you know, teach a player like that, that is maybe a little bit shy, doesn't have the, the vocal skills, you know, et cetera. So um, it's it's easier if you're born because, like I said, an element of it is charisma and public speaking, things like that. And if you're if you're born not afraid, or if you were raised uh, to be able to embrace those things, obviously it makes the path a lot easier. A, co- a kid can be coached, or or uh, better phrased, let's put it this way. A kid can who does who may might be a little bit more introverted or soft spoken or shy can assume the position of a leadership role as long as they are willing to maybe overcome those more natural tendencies. Or a coach could also bring a player along that is willing to be brought along. But the bottom line is some guys like the fear of having to say something in a timeout huddle or at halftime or before a game is so insurmountable that they will just never do it. And that's okay. You got to go down the roster and find the next guy who is willing to do it. But I, it's a little bit easier 
if you're born with those, uh, you know, kind of public speaking and charismatic traits, but a guy, I definitely am a believer that a guy can develop those. And keep in mind that there are, there are quiet leaders out there, guys who uh, people naturally gravitate to. The the speaking and the and the leading out vocally does play an important role, but I would say it's a less important role than your average fan or the average you know sports writer would have you believe. So 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 with that being said. Do you like if you were a coach, right? Would you want the coaches to 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 vote and and pick who the leaders are, or you know, would you want the players to do that? Because because again, the players may have a different perspective and say this guy produces on the field, but the coaches could say, okay, but this guy produces and you know he can speak up. Yeah, I think. Uh... Leadership has to be chosen by the the players on the field. I think coaches, you know, Coach Mendenhall did two things. He had a cho- a, a kind of I can't remember what we call it was like a leadership council, and yeah. those were players that he chose that he discussed issues with. But our captains that walked out and led us out of the huddle and walked out to midfield and all those things were chosen by the players. So um, there there was a group chosen by the coaches and a group chosen by the players, and I felt like that was a good happy medium because the reality is if someone was in that leadership council of Coach Mendenhall's but maybe was not super well liked by the players, it was it was fine because their influence was limited to just being interacting with the, with the coaches. Right. Anytime you try and um, a leadership position has to be earned. It cannot be bestowed. So anytime a coach tries to bestow a leadership position, I at least I have never seen in any athletic uh, arena that be a successful strategy. So I, I would be more inclined to say it has to be chosen or the player has to emerge from among his peers rather than being uh, picked by you know the authority figure and the coaches that was deep man that was that was that was impressive Did you make that up just now Riley? or you took you betcha man i'm nimble <laughs> mentally nimble not not so much with my feet anymore but my brain's still sharp riley nelson former byu quarterback joining us here on byu sports nation as a former quarterback do you believe it's imperative that the quarterback of the team is the leader or at least a leader uh, absolutely. It's it's the nature of the game. It's the same thing why, like in basketball, like let's look at Kawhi Leonard and maybe some of the issues that were going on with it. He's a very soft-spoken, introverted guy. He's the best player on the Spurs, and yet there was some resistance there to him assuming that leadership role. It, it, now, in football, your quarterback may not be your best player, but is your most visible player. And so I would say it's a combination of whoever your best and most visible players are just by, you know, the the psychological intricacies of a team. Those two guys have to be – they don't have to be the leader, but as you said, Shep, they have to be a leader. I think that's absolutely essential. So one one real quick thing before we let you go, two weeks away from the start of camp starting – when would you announce a starting quarterback? Do you wait in order to have the strategic advantage, or, or do you announce it early to maximize the reps for that guy? We got about thirty seconds. Yeah, I, the announcement. You know, there's a difference between announcing and showing, and the announcement absolutely means nothing. Arizona is going to be preparing for Tanner Mangum because he's an upperclassman who has experience, and in most college programs, that's going to be the guy who emerges as a starter as the starting season. And the reality is, as you look at, you know, they have access to high school film on Zach Wilson or film on Bo Hodge. You kind of look at those guys. It's not like they're a Lamar Jackson type player who's going to they're going to completely change the offense and is going to be able to absolutely beat you with their legs. So it's going to be a simple 
similar scheme. Um, so the announcement means nothing to me. Obviously, you want to start piling on reps on the guy that is going to take that first snap for you. But the bigger advantage comes in the fact that Jeff Grimes is a first-year OC, and nobody, and he's been on staffs of a bunch of a pretty widely varied a bunch of offenses, and no one's quite sure what mix of those styles will come out. So more so than who's pulling the trigger at quarterback going into this first game, the strategic advantage more lies in nobody's quite sure what to expect out of Jeff Grimes. Right. So. Uh, I'm excited, and I think that uh, that'll help us going up against a good U of A team. Riley, Beautiful. great stuff, man. Appreciate you, you chiming in, and congratulations to to uh, the Nelson family uh, on the new little one. Appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Riley Nelson, former Cougar quarterback, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. I love you, Riley. Coming up, what's the chance? that the college football rule changes will bring to pass the downfall of America. Oh, that's pretty serious. And next, we talk to Elijah Bryant. What's next for the former BYU hoopster? This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Jason Shepard, Brian Logan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime Anywhere. Without further ado, we now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Former Cougar Nate Austin has joined the BYU basketball coaching staff as a graduate assistant. Austin played for the Cougars from 2011 to 2016. Congrats to Nate. Daniel Schneeman went 3-4 for four with a double in a 2-1 to one loss to the Arizona League Padres. Schneeman is batting 224 this season. And honorary Cougar Tony Finau tied for second at four under par after his opening round at the Open Championship this morning. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, happy to have on Elijah Bryan. Elijah, thanks for joining us again on BYUSN. Of course. So so take us through what the last couple of weeks have been like. You were able to uh, to get the, the Summer League invite with Philadelphia, and you went to Vegas, you played. Now that that's come to an end, what, what have you been doing since then? I've uh, just been working out, um, kind of regrouping. It's been a marathon here for a little bit, and it still kind of is. So just um, kind of regrouping and um, getting ready for this next step. Uh, Elijah, how do you feel about your overall uh, performance in, in the, the last four games? I think it was it was good with the minutes that I was that I was given. So um, once I got in, I think I showed some people that I can do some things, and uh, all I needed is an opportunity. So I was grateful for that. Yeah, in the in the four games that you played with Philadelphia, you averaged four points, two rebounds, and an assist. As you mentioned, kind of in limited in limited minutes. What type of feedback did you get from the Seventy Sixers or any of the teams? Because you know a lot of people think you go with one team. That's the only team that's looking at you. I mean, every team that's there is looking at all the players. So, what type of feedback have, have you received since that ended? Yeah, I mean, it was all good feedback. Um, I think the biggest thing is just finding somewhere where where fits me. It just takes one team, right? To to give you a chance so as far as playing in the NBA um, they know I can play in the NBA it's just what team's going to give me that opportunity so I think that's the biggest the biggest thing right now so Elijah I don't I don't want to try to compare this you know exactly but when I when I was done at, at, at BYU I went and played in the CFL um, some people call it the cheap football league <laughs> this <is> Canadian <laughs> football league and there was a lot of guys that were drafted you know within the first couple rounds of the NFL draft 
didn't make it, you know, they would come to the CFL. And, you know, obviously we would we would battle against each other in one-on-ones. And it, 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 it took the pedestal of the NFL and the guys that were there, and it dropped it so low. And I realized what every, what every athlete says is, you know, I put my pants on the same way, you know, my opponent does. And and you kind of get this uh, enlightening moment that, hey, you know, I could play with these guys. I could play in this league. Um, tell me about your experience when, when, it, when it came to, 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 to kind of that example and uh, the confidence that, uh, you know, you kind of gathered from that. I think the biggest thing is just getting up there and playing, right? No matter what level you're at, you're going to have a nervousness, a, a kind of um, uncertainty moment until you get out there and play. It's different when you're practicing. It's different when, when you're going against the same guys every day. But when, when you get out there and actually compete against other so-called NBA prospects and see that you can succeed, then you kind of get that confidence, like you said. But obviously at first everything's a little different. I mean, everyone's a little bit longer. Everyone's a little bit faster. Everyone's a little bit taller. So the passes you make in college, I mean, it, those don't get through. And, and those finishes above around the rim, those aren't. Those have to be on top of the backboard, you know, because um, like I said before, everyone's just that much better. And you, you see how quick um, – you really take into account respect for people like Steph Curry and those little guards who do what they do because then you realize that that's like really hard to, to do against someone who's 6'9", 6'10", guarding you and then finishing it above a 7-footer. So not only do you gain respect, but um, I felt that once I got some playing time, I kind of found a rhythm and, and built some confidence. Former BYU basketball guard Elijah Bryant joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. So you mentioned a minute ago that now it's trying to find out what uh, what opportunity is next. What is the next step for you? What opportunities do you have right now? Well, obviously, um, I can play in the G League, but I think my focus right now is more NBA. And then if that doesn't work out, then overseas. But I think it's just taking it um, day by day and just focusing on um, what's in what's in front of me right now, and that's just getting better today, and everything will kind of fall into place. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. So no option is off the table. You, you mentioned, you know, obviously NBA is the goal, and then, you know, overseas is an option, G League. Nothing's off the table for you then? No, I think, I think um, I, I'll look at all the options, obviously, and see what's the best um, option for me, not for someone else, you know, maybe going overseas, coming back to NBA or going G League, going to the NBA or going straight, like whatever option is best for me and whatever team um, thinks that's the best route for me, then I'll look into that. So uh, Elijah, with, with uh, everything that you have experienced so far, you know, from your, your decision um, to, you know, workouts and preparation to actually, you know, in-game experience. Uh, what advice would you give someone who is going down the path uh, that you're currently traveling? Let's say, you know, some of your, your former teammates hit you up uh, next year and say, hey, man, I'm thinking about the same thing uh, that you did. You know, what would you say to them? I would say focus on your marathon, not anyone else's. I think the biggest thing we people get caught up in is, is oh, dang, he just signed a two-way, or oh, dang, he, he's playing well. Well, that's good for them. But uh, like, congratulate them. Like if they're, like, I mean, when you when colleagues do well, you mean you you congratulate them, right, for doing good work. So I think a lot of people get caught up in in the fact that someone else is playing better than them. Well, that's that's life. Like you know what I mean. So I think the biggest thing is just focus on your marathon and, and focus on getting better every day. Even if you have a bad game, you have a good game, you're not playing. I mean that that's what really helped me 
um, get to those games where I wasn't playing. I mean, I would find out I'm not playing, and then I would just ask the weight training coach, all right, let's get some work in, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of keep my mind going, keep my mind going. So I think the biggest thing, because it's a long process, and I've been going since the season ended, and I'm still not done, right? I mean, um, there's no breaks. So I think just uh, focus on your marathon. That's deep too, man. We had two deep quotes back-to-back. We've back been guys, talking man. with two deep guys the last two segments. <laughs> what do you expect? Elijah Bryant, just a minute or so more. The news yesterday that Nate Austin joining the coaching staff as a grad assistant. Uh, what were your thoughts on seeing Nate coming back to the program? Uh, I think that's a great addition for sure. Nate's a very thorough guy, and he's always a hard worker when I was there. Um, he was a senior when I was a redshirt, so I saw his hard work, and he always did the did the little things. So I know I know Nate will be a be a great coach and has a great future in coaching. How excited are you for what this upcoming team can do next year? I think it's it's weird. It's a weird feeling. Like you, I mean, obviously I moved on, but it's still uh, I still have like feel like I'm on the team. I'm I'm part of the team, so I feel invested a little bit. Um, some people ask me like, what's gonna what's gonna happen? I'm always like. I mean, what do you mean we're going to be good? And I remember I'm not on the team, you know. So <laughs> I, I, I think I think this team uh, is going to win a lot of games, and I think Coach Rose did a great job of scheduling uh, some great non-conference games for RPI builders that would really help um, at the end of the season. So I look forward to watching what they can do, and I know they'll accomplish great things. Elijah, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. It's fun watching you uh, on the in the Vegas Summer League, and uh, obviously, best of luck as you look to uh, to continue your career. And hopefully, down the road when things become a little more clear, we can get you on again. Thank you so much. Thanks, Elijah. There we go, Elijah Bryant on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. Desert First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our question of the day. Which current, and this was kind of brought up because Nate Austin coming back to the basketball team, which current or former athlete would you like to see return to BYU in a coaching position? We will get to more of that coming up a little bit later on. Coming up, a Cougar, kind of, is on the first page of the leaderboard at the British Open. More on this in the whip. And two more players are named to the college football watch list, question mark. We play What's the Chance? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on the Twitter, the Gram, and Facebook. What, you, no, no, the Facebook? I would say the book. Okay, but fine. I, that's not really it's fine. Plain, no, I'm good with it. You know, maybe just for us. Okay. So, the book. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Use the hashtag BYUSN. When you chime in on the show. Well, this is the BYU Sports Nation. There is no the. (laughs) Live from Studio B, we are your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. My name is Jason Shepard, alongside Brian Logan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our question of the day, which current or former athlete would you like to see return to BYU in a coaching position? This one coming from the Graham. Uh, go underscore Cougs underscore Jazz. Hey, I wanted that handle. At least now I know who has it. Uh, Jimmer Fredette. I have always wanted to see his coaching game here at BYU. So when he retires from playing basketball, I hope he ends up coaching here. You can join in. Again, use hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We will read more of your responses coming up a little bit later on in the program. It is time for one of our favorites, Brian. It is called What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, what's the chance? 
What's the Chance is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. And the MVP of our team is one big ba- Ben Bagley, and he joins us uh, from the control room with the first What's the Chance. Hi, Ben. <laughs> hey, what's the chance? We had the watch list coming out uh, yesterday. Squally Canada makes the Doak Walker Award watch list. No BYU receivers make the Blitnikoff watch list. But the question is, what's the chance BYU will have two or more players named to watch list upcoming? What do you got? Hmm. What's the chance? You can go first, man. You can All go right. first. You can go first. There's going to be one for sure because – Matt Bushman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, but to, I actually think there's, I'll say, 75% chance. I still think Sione Takitaki has a chance at linebacker. Yep. Possibly Butch Pau. So, yeah, I, I think I'll say 75%. I think that BYU have at least two more. I'm going to go 100%. I'm going to go 100% for, that, for the same reasons. I think, I think it'll be, you know, um, Matt, obviously, we, we can check that off. But I think Sione will, will get on, he'll get on one. He should. I think there's a lot of hype of him. Uh, you, you listen to other analysts in the summer, and uh, when, when people are breaking down BYU, his name always comes up. So nationally, you know, it's, he's, I feel like he's known a little bit. Okay. Number two. What's the chance? We just talked to Elijah Bryant 100%, but what's the chance Elijah <laughs> Bryant plays in the NBA G League this season? Well, in talking with him, it sounded like his pecking order of choice, obviously yeah. NBA number one, then you've got overseas. Then you've got the G League. So yeah. if if that's the way it plays out, I I don't if he if he is unable to make an NBA roster, I don't see somebody overseas not taking a flyer on Elijah. Yeah. I, I will say it's actually low. He's in the G League because I think if he's not on an NBA roster. He'll be overseas. So I, I'll say I don't know maybe maybe ten percent because I think his other options will pan out before the G League is an option. You're right, man. I'm gonna go to the other side, the extreme, and go zero percent. Wow. <laughs> One hundred percent, and yeah, you know there is. Yeah. It's not always just black and white. There hey, is middle ground. There is no gray with me, man. It's black okay. or it's white. You know, just pray for me. Okay, so I ask. Number three. <laughs> speaking of praying for us, all right. This one's going to take a little bit of setup. Uh, it was ACC media days yesterday, and University of North Carolina head coach Larry Fedora was asked about the rule changes in college football, and he had this to say. I fear that the game will get, will get pushed so far to one extreme that you won't recognize the game 10 years from now. That's what I worry about. And I do believe that if it gets to that point, that our country goes down too. Needless to say, Coach Fedora, not a fan of the rule changes. So what's the chance that in 10 years we will not be able to recognize football or America. That that was a very deep comment for basically like a fair catch inside the 25-yard line. You know what I mean? Like So confused. Yeah. Uh, what's the <laughs> chance that we don't recognize football or America in 10 years? I mean, I understand some of what he's saying and, and a little bit of the rationale, but yeah, I, I can't go that far with, uh, with Coach Fedora, who really is missing the boat by not wearing a fedora. It could be his thing. <laughs> Uh, I'll say like 5%. I, I can't fully get behind that. But I understand kind of where he's going, 5%. I, I, I'm going to go 2.7% because, I, I mean, like, like you said, I understand what, what, what he's saying. Um, I don't think in 10 years it's, it's going to happen. Um, and, and if America does change, it's not, it's not going to be because of the, the rule changes of football. It's because, it's because of other people and things. <laughs> yeah.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Uh, <laughs> number four. Last one. What's the chance that honorary Cougar Tony Finau, currently second, tied for second at the Open Championship, ends up winning the British Open? I'll let you go first on this one. I don't know, man. I'm going to go 100% again. <laughs> 100, 0, 2.7, and 100. There Those are your wow. percentages. There we go, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know what? I, I like his chances. I mean, this guy is so good, and the fact that he's an honorary Cougar, you know, obviously helps things out a little bit. But I I, I like his chances. And So you like I'm it enough to say, go 100? Uh, I'm not going to go 100 because, you know, Ooh. I'm going to say I'll say I'll say 80%. Okay. I like okay. his chances in this. That's pretty much. I feel like when we do this this segment on the show, like eighty and above, know, is, eighty is that's pretty much a hundred. I feel like. Well, I mean, eighty is not a hundred. I mean, there is a difference. There's, I mean, there's twenty. I mean, if we take a zero minus the zero, between. we have an eight. We round eight to the you know to the nearest whatever you call it, and then it's it's ten. You add another zero on that's a hundred. So, okay. <laughs> that's Sports Nation math. <laughs> oh, ooh, and speaking of math, that's two high fives so far. We really have got to up the know, consistency of the high fives. We got it. We got Last time it. we hosted eight high fives in one show. We got, We're only at two today. We got 10 minutes left, too. We, we are really it. slacking in our duties of the high five. Don't worry. We got it. We got it. All right. Coming up, a former cooler joins the staff, and a new name is named to the BYU Hoops roster. This and more coming up in the whip. Plus, more from Voice of the Nations. This is BYU Sports Nation. High five. Damn. Damn. Right, we kind of missed on that. We kind of missed. Let's do it again. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guests, Riley Nelson and Elijah Bryant. Great stuff from both of those guys. I'm not even going to say sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. That's Jeremy Spencer's thing. Yeah. I, I, I am I am pro Dennis Pitta. Me too. Don't, I, be, don't believe him, Dennis. We they, will always make time for you on this time, show, Dennis. regardless of what Jeremy and Spencer have Everybody, to say. Come on. There we go. There four, we go. Four and a half. Four and a half. If you missed any we part of this show... <laughs> You can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up tomorrow, David Nixon. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Basketball. Former Cougar Nate Austin has joined the BYU basketball coaching staff as a graduate assistant. Austin played for the Cougars from 2011 to 2016. Also, Taylor Mon, a walk-on practice squad player, is showing up on the BYU men's basketball roster. If you're curious uh, if that's ever happened before or recently, Evan Troy uh, and then former Cougar Brock Zilstra were both practice players who ultimately made the roster. Luke Worthington and Braden Shaw are named to the NABC Honors Court. Cougars in the minors. Daniel Schneeman went three for four with a double and a two to one loss to the Arizona League Padres. Schneeman currently batting 220 for the season. Cougars in the PGA. Honorary Cougar Tony Fanai is tied for second at four under par after his opening round at the Open Championship this morning. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays tee off in the Barbasol Championship today on the Web.com Tour. Blair is currently tied for 11 at 3 under par after finishing his first round. Summerhays is 1 over par through 16. That was amazing, bro. Oh, my gosh. Good job. Patrick Fishburne tees off at 432 Eastern today in the Pinnacle Bank Championship. This is Fishburne's second Web.com tour event. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to put my golf voice up against anybody's. (laughs) 
<laughs> we almost whiffed on that one, too, I know, by the way. I know. We always did. All right. Today's Rise and Shout <laughs> is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. How about we give it to Nate Austin, a.k.a. Rexosaurus Rex on Twitter. Welcome back, Rex. Yeah, and he spent the last, once he graduated from BYU, he went back to his alma mater in high school in Lone Peak and was helping out with that coaching staff. So being able to come back, congratulations to Nate Austin back with BYU basketball. And in that vein, our question of the day, which current or former athlete would you like to see return to BYU in a coaching position? Let's get to more of Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. This first one at from at Scott uh, Kubalik. Hopefully, I said that pre- uh, correctly. That's right. Ziggy Ansa after he finishes his NFL career. First, we all love him, and second, what an awesome story to go from never having played the game to one day coaching at the Y. That would be that yeah. would be pretty cool. That would be yeah. That's, I don't know if you've great. heard this story. Didn't know how to put on his football pads. Yeah, I, I don't was, think that story's been told. Yeah, no, I, I kind of saw it firsthand. You know, <laughs> when I was a senior, he was a freshman. <laughs> Uh, at Dennis Nesbitt 1, Shea Muirbrook, for sure at linebacker coach, the man is not human. Once he's done, he, he told us when he joined us on the show that he is now a deputy sheriff in Northern California. So once he's done being, uh, you know, an officer of the law, maybe he can come be a, a coach on the staff. You know, Who knows? As a, and as a as a player, that would, man, we talk about respect and, <gasps> and just all eyes, attention. Yeah, for sure. Uh, at Tyson Peterson, my ultimate dream would be Steve Young if it were possible. The things he went through, the lessons he could teach are insurmountable. I almost went with Steve Young, ultimately. Yeah, uh, how about at Lacey Dentist? Andy Reid, that was easy. <laughs> hey, he's busy with my Kansas City Chiefs right now, okay? Good luck to you guys, by the way. All right, uh, and how about this one? At CL underscore living. I wondered if we were going to get this one. How about Kyle Winningham? Yes, I know, but he was once a former Y athlete as well. That went in from uh, at CL that underscore be, living. That would be great. So then we'd have an opportunity to beat Utah. Uh, <laughs> the elite voice of the day comes from Tyson Clark on Instagram. Get Brian Logan back out on the field coaching. I could see him being the fire. Oh, man. Thank you. But uh, there's, a, there's a height requirement. you got to be 5'7". <laughs> Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand at BYUSN.com. You can find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Brian, I'm Jason. Shout out to Dan Van Sweden, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Have a great day, everybody.